by Ishafa, and welcome to the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association podcast. I'm Amelia, and tonight we're driving off into the sunset of gay romance with 2018's Paraguayan movie, Las Heraderas, or The Heiresses. <laughs> and joining me tonight to discuss this riveting mood piece that's full of action, uh, we have two prisoners that are in jail for white-collar crimes. First up, he likes to hide things in your taxes. It's NATO. Hi there, I'm NATO Kitch, vacationing out in the country with my cat. Unfortunately, I have a little warrant out for my arrest because I was sleeping with another okay. guy with boots on in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right, well, uh... Just make sure you have, you're being safe whenever you're uh, engaging in sodomy. That's all I have to say to that. Uh, coming up next. <laughs> up next, insider trading. What's that? It's Ro. Hi, everybody. I'm Ro. And it turns out if you leave your wallet in your pocket one too many times in the washing machine, they put you away for money laundering. Go fix. <laughs> money laundering? Is that like washing your money in the washing machine when you forget to check your that pockets? Is, we need. <laughs> that is the joke I just. We said. need to wash it with all these puns. <laughs> and you can find me on twitchtv row. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not on point with these with these puns today. Um. All right. So tonight's movie, um, obligatory spoiler alert, uh, doesn't really matter because this movie doesn't actually have anything happen in it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> tonight we are going to be discussing 20, 2018's The Heiresses. The Heiresses is a Paraguayan movie directed by Marcelo Martinezzi. Um, yeah, Martinezzi. Uh, and it takes place in a modern day Asuncion, Paraguay. Old money really good friends and definitely not gay roommates, Chela and Chiquita, live in Chela's childhood home. Relics of a quickly fading upper class whose relevance grows by the day. The film begins with Chela hidden in her room, silently observing as her definitely not life partner, Chiquita, sells their belongings. You see, due to Chiquita's debt to the Bank of Asuncion, they are left close to penniless. All is for naught, however, as Chiquita ends up having to go to prison for fraud anyways. Left on her own, Chela must find a way to pass the next month. One morning, Chela's neighbor, Pituca, uh, which, fun fact, is actually a word in Paraguay that is used to describe somebody who is from an upper socioeconomic status and dresses like it, kind of like old money, is her nickname, uh, knocks on the door <laughs> asking for a ride. When she offers to pay for her gas, Chela gets really prideful about it, but eventually gives in and begins a side hustle of driving gossipy old pitucas for lack of a better word around eventually she begins helping angie the granddaughter of one of these women who needs help taking her mother to itaiwa for some medical treatments there's some sexual tension nothing happens and when chiquita returns from prison only to sell chela's car chela takes off potentially never to be seen again all right so uh opening thoughts on this film <laughs> whoever wants to start yep more like slow asses, am I right? <laughs> it is a very slow movie. You know, 
for a, a movie that was in which absolutely nothing happens, um, which is interesting because we've watched other movies where like absolutely nothing happens, and like this movie at least has the semblance of a plot. Um, but the the main character is just like a wisp of cloths being blown through this movie by the slightest of breezes. Um, I I think I would I would agree with the assessment that nothing happens, but it feels so like different than something like thirteen thirteen haunted frat <laughs> where nothing happens. <laughs> This is true. So, thirteen thirteen had shirtless guys, though. I'm I don't I can't believe you're making me defend thirteen thirteen, but you know there we go. Um, this film does not, in fact, have any nudity. But while we're on the topic of nothing really happening, um, this is actually a quote from the director, um, Chela, in regards to Chela, the main character. Chela has always been dead. She never had to fight for anything like the social class that I come from. I being the director in this case. <laughs> so we're watching ghosts. This is yes, still, this is definitely. still October. Okay. I, 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 I mean, you might as well be. <laughs> I certainly feel deader watching this movie. So I, there's a couple of things I want to point out with that quote before I move on to kind of part two of this quote. Um, oh, there, the oh, no. There's a part two. Up, there is a part two to this quote, and I think it's very important. So a little backstory on Barta Y, because most people just in general are not very familiar with the po uh, politics of it. Um, Barta Y was under a very brutal fascist dictatorship until about 1989. Um, and the same ruling party still is in power and has been. Um, it is statistically one of the most conservative countries in Latin America. Um, the 1992 constitution, which is the constitution that was written after the dictatorship, so like the only constitution that they've had since then, uh, defines marriage explicitly as between one man and one woman. And they address it in no uncertain terms in articles 49 through 52 of the constitution. So over the top, like, hey, just in case you forgot from this last article, Article 50 also states man and woman, all, all man and woman, right? Um, this is despite the ruling from the Inter-American Court of Human Rights that you have to allow uh, same-sex marriage. Uh, part of why, as a government, like, their, their take on it is basically like, nah, that, that doesn't apply to us, though. Um, the Minister of Education in Paraguay in 2017, after banning the discussion of LGBTQ issues in schools, said that he was even considering burning any books that may raise awareness about LGBTQ or transgender issues. Um, in fact, this movie was so controversial because there's a lesbian couple in it, vaguely, that when the director was invited to the Senate because it got nominated or I guess like recognized internationally. Um, a lot of the Senate members walked out. Okay. So all that to say, um, we're already not starting off on a great note with having a story about two 
older lesbian women in a country that historically has uh, oppressed gay people <laughs> in the upper escalons of society where it's already going to be even worse. Um, so to say that, like, oh, she's never had to fight for anything already just kind of shows that this director might not necessarily understand any kind of uh, queer struggle. But he goes on to say something along the lines of he didn't want to make this film too political. And I quote, why do all gay and lesbian films have to be around difficulties of being gay or the struggle related to sexuality? Um, I mean, he's kind of got a point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know even we as a podcast get complaining when movies go too hard in on the, oh, I'm gay, so I struggle. Oh, I'm in the closet and I'm having problems coming out because those kind of those kind of conversations can really dominate queer cinema sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think it's kind of refreshing to see that even a movie like this, which is like nominally queer <laughs> and wispy like smoke can get, <laughs> so much political backlash uh, um we're we're stepping it forward folks we're moving up in the world yeah. <laughs> so three things uh first now i feel bad about the death joke um t uh two uh i completely agree with Roe, um for the complete record uh and, and three i i remember explaining because a, a friend of mine asked me once um like why do you call them gay films and it's like well it's just, it's a subgenre like you go to horror movies and you expect you know people dying or like psychological horror like jacob's ladder uh mm -hmm. with like very ambiguous storytelling and very sort of like deep psychological things you go to slashers you expect to see uh you know so bunch of teenagers getting killed that's the stereotype that doesn't always happen you know stuff like that right you go to a romance movie to see you know two people fall in love you go to a gay movie to see a movie that focuses on gay lives um right. so like I, I i kind of see where he's coming from when he's like you know why does every gay movie have to be about you know gay struggles and stuff like that but at the same time it's like well it wouldn't be called a gay movie then you know <laughs> if yeah. it wasn't about gay people and what they go through whether it's explicitly like from the gay experience or not or the queer experience or not um as long as it's about queer people and their what they're going through in their lives um i think that's important if you have something that doesn't really focus on their identity um then you don't call it a game if you don't call it a queer movie it's just you know whatever other genre it's in so the next question for y'all is do you think that this movie made the queer identities of the main characters central to the plot or central enough to the plot to even consider this a queer movie in the first place 
if this isn't a queer movie, I don't know what kind of movie you would call it. I, all it would be is depressing. <laughs> I, I think it's... I think their identities are prevalent enough. Their sexualities mm-hmm. are prevalent enough. And... Because a, lo- a lot of their actions, even though it's, like, here and there, like, um, in the in the beginning, uh, sh- she's afraid that they're going to be found out as lesbians, and, you know, who all knows at the party they go to that they're lesbians, and, cause it, and they have to keep it quiet and stuff. I think moments like that... M- give this at least enough of a nudge to fully be called like a queer film Mm -hmm. are you kidding everybody at that party was a lesbian i guarantee you (laughs) (laughs) there was not a single man at that bar they were all secret lesbians (laughs) but you haven't gone to a girl's bar it's just like a gay bar except for girls aren't allowed there (laughs) i honestly think that the vast majority of the women in this movie had to have been lesbian (laughs) because they're especially in that bar scene i just there was such a vibe in that bar like every single woman who like came into frame it was like looking at chiquita with like admiration or lust or whatever the fuck those looks were i don't know the whole thing just came off very kind of lesbian to me as i think i even wrote in my notes i think is this bar gay everything's coming up lesbians yeah exactly like i I will say the other thing is that their cars were very very lesbian Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like like it wasn't like a it wasn't like an, I hate to, I know there's a stereotype it's like but it wasn't like an SUV but like I look at that car and I go a lesbian drives that car. And I was right in this in this one situation. <laughs> the other situations I got beat up, but in this one situation I was right. In this one situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I guess that covers that there are no men in this film, but if you want to elaborate, so that is something that you yeah, brought up. There in are notes, no men in this film, bro, is that there were no men in this film, um, or almost no men, um, which was the, done on there's... purpose by the director, obviously. <laughs> but how can I have the two penis rule fulfilled if you have no men? Okay. Let me, let me elaborate on this. There are two men in this film. Um, One's name is Cesar, and his job is to be angry and have his shirt off. And the other man is a hot dog guy (laughs) who sells hot dogs and then leaves. And the funny thing is, out of the two of these men, the hot dog guy has both the more lines and the more screen time. (laughs) Hot dog. I want to say he also sells sandwiches, so he is a varied character, okay? He has depth. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> what What do you think the director's intention might have been in keeping the number of men in this film so minimal and kind of in the background? I have a bad joke. Oh, make all the bad jokes you want. 
Uh, no, I'm not even going to do it. I have standards. Never mind. Okay, fine. Uh, my actual guess is... I think, to some extent, introducing too many male characters uh, for what is possibly, like, one of the... F it, one of the very few queer films that will get made in the country mm -hmm. will distract from the actual like um sort of let me put this a different way i think this movie is very feminine uh with its look with its story with how it mm -hmm. approaches the characters and i think that when you introduce um too many male characters into it you lose sort of that focal point mm -hmm. and that would be my guess is there an actual answer oh i don't know if there actually oh. is an answer <laughs> i was i i so the director did say that he did that on purpose he didn't really just elaborate on why he did it so i was just curious what y'all's takes was on it because i thought it would make for good discussion <laughs> Ooh, ooh, I just have a different one. What if... Oh, okay. Okay, so the majority of the film is shown through Chilla's eyes, right? So if your longtime partner goes away, the majority of what you subconscious, what your mind kind of like points your eyes to is someone like them. Mm -hmm. So potentially the director could have... No, Socorro. The director could have... Um, chosen a majority female cast basically to show that Chella is looking at more uh more women than men because of basically her attachment to her partner who has now gone into debtor's prison that's a very interesting take it's probably also Bro. a bullshit take <laughs> like 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 the director is forcing you to identify with a character that's nothing like you as a person by removing every aspect of like what a man might find familiar. Mhm. Mm yeah. So you have to like really dive deep into Chella's character and find in her something relatable mm -hmm. because you you're not you're not gonna find it anywhere else. <laughs> All right, um, so I know that Nato, you had said in your notes, um, you compared this movie to Dancer in the Dark. Do you want to elaborate on that for, this for the listeners? <laughs> For the listeners, this movie is not Dancer in the Dark. Um, no, it is not. <laughs> First although... of all, it does not star Bjork. <laughs> My name is Beak. Um, but, uh, Socorro, baby, what's wrong? Meow. What's wrong, baby? Okay. So, this movie has a lot of similarities with sort of 
indie movies that came about or were inspired by movements like Dogma 95. And Dogma 95 was this ultra sort of like realist, like no scripts, all improv, but it's serious. It's like if Smile Tap was an actual documentary kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, a lot, a lot of movies took inspiration from sort of the rules and mindset of movies like Dogma 95. Um, and Breaking the Waves is certainly probably the most respected one, but I think the most influential uh, Dogma 95 film is actually Dancing in the Dark, which was sort of like this anti-musical, is the best way I can put it. It's like a musical, but all the numbers are diegetic in a way. Both of the movies specifically put characters in very tough situations uh, that sort of tests their love and devotion for the main things in their lives. Um, However, the biggest difference besides genre um, is that the actions of the characters in Dance in the Dark propel the story uh, forward. Whereas it doesn't really feel like the actions of the characters do much in this movie. Uh, as far as like impacting the other characters or or pushing the story forward, it's all kind of like, like Rose said, sort of like lofting in, like a leaf lofting in the wind in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the one example I think I gave in my notes was like uh, the new maid uh, getting like uh, the drinks wrong on the on the tray and it's like that could have been a really good moment to sort of like study the character and what they're going through uh because she's shown to be a painter but it's like wouldn't it be great if like she's like oh i couldn't i can't finish this painting because like i'm so distraught with how this drink tray is like arranged like where it's obvious that she's like focusing uh and blaming this one thing so she instead of the thing that's actually bothering her uh showing showing a bit of repression and that would have been really great characterization because and it also makes sense since she's just kind of lost a partner uh for a little bit um and there's this hole in her life and when that happens you kind of don't want to do anything most likely you know but instead like what we got was like drink tray messed up she rearranges it and goes on and it's just like it doesn't but we spent like i think like two three minutes like on seeing the drink tray arranged and in like 30 seconds like having it unarranged it's like it does it doesn't really affect the character or the story except for the fact that like in the next scene is just complaining about maids but she doesn't even Mm -hmm. really do that much complaining yeah it's all pituka by the way um, the shady old ladies in this movie are A+. Plus. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love me some shady old lady gossip, and, um, the shady old ladies in this movie got some, like, primo, like, grade A shady old lady gossip. <laughs> they are shady as fuck. They're... <laughs> <laughs> Pituka and her friends can, like, read the heck out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're, like, the, 
the little women in the South who will, like, <laughs> talk about their friends and, like, their struggles in, like, the most well-meaning of voices. <laughs> Bless you know their I mean? heart. They should make a movie exactly. about them and call it Little Women. Oh, God. <laughs> Pitaka and her friends have real Bless Her Heart energy. <laughs> So do you think cuz we've seen we've seen a good majority of films and uh we're going to be seeing like other sort of uh films that fall more into art uh than queer in the future like we like one movie weekend that's I think early next year uh-huh. um do you think necessarily that a story that doesn't really follow the uh, that is more passive with its characters like this could work for you it could absolutely um i think it's all about execution and i wrote this in my notes i don't know if y'all will agree with me or not but i felt like there were a lot of opportunities in this movie to kind of address certain things and it just doesn't like it it just kind of ends up falling flat you know um right they really could have done something with the piano for example the out of tune piano and the chaos in her life oh my god and they kind of do a little bit but then nothing you know um hey ro remind me that when you're on the phone with your attorney talking about how depressing you are depressed you are about going to jail <laughs> remind me just to go in the other room and play loudly on the piano <laughs> loudly and out of tune like make sure you reach in there with a the wrench and just like go to town on the strings oh first. my god <laughs> i think you know my goodness that, that listening to that piano was painful that would have been a really good opportunity though it was very painful but it would have been a really good opportunity to like maybe use that with some better visual language about like the cacophony that she's currently feeling in her own life right um right you had this whole kind of like subdued vein of obviously like Chela's kind of jealous of Chiquita because Chiquita's so outgoing and she thinks she's flirting all the time and all this other stuff. But instead of kind of finding a way to tie that together with the whole thing with Angie and like, it just kind of ends up, you know, fizzling out. Um, right. You have the whole... I f- oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to segue into like, you have the whole... No. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Part of the thing of the plot talking that kind of addresses the fact that like, you know, they're selling all Chela's possessions and Chela's going around driving and Chiquita is the reason that she's doing that. And Chiquita kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're... Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems so obvious to me that, if your roommate slash girlfriend slash wife is using the car to provide you with your currently only source of income, then the obvious thing to do would be to not sell the car and to allow your roommate to, like, get on with her life. (laughs) Yeah. 
And instead, what we got was not that. What we got was Chiquita, like, constantly putting down Chela for her choices. Right, like, and oh. And her, like, her, like, desperation to find somebody to spend some time with. And to, like, get out of the house and to actually meet and talk to people. And, like, just, like, puts her down for, like, choosing to drive these chatty old women around. Like, I I don't get it. Like, how self-absorbed can you be? No kidding. <laughs> well, it kind of, in a way, makes sense. Just to be, like, the contrarian. Like, uh, it, it's kind of like a role reversal. Like, uh, she kind of becomes not the focus of every... She kind of not becomes the popular one in sort of, like, the relationship because she's gone for a while and her partner makes these new connections with all these new people and she's kind of left out of it. So... Yeah. It's kind of like... In a way, it's like Chela, um kind of grew beyond like without her and left her in the dust to to make a car uh reference um and she's kind of hurting because of that because like it's it's like it's like the scene in all the movies where like someone goes and has a makeover and comes back as the hot girl kind of thing and it's like and all of her like friends are like you're the hot girl now. You could become popular and take us with you, but you're going to abandon us and then come back to us in the third act. Except we're in the third act at this point. Yeah. Uh, Alright, well, with all that being said, um, so this movie did get a lot of praise and accolades when it came out. Um, it won two Silver Berlin Bears. Um, at the Berlin International Film Festival. Uh, it won Best Picture at the Ash- Athens International Film Festival, uh, the Silver Gateway Award um, International at the Mumbai Film Festival. Uh, also got a 98% on the tomato meter, 68% audience score, which is not great. Um, and in 2020, wasn't nominated for a Glad Media Award for the Outstanding Film. Um, what's interesting is that it seemed to have won a lot of awards in 2018 during its initial release for that 2018-2019 festival season, but not have done so well in the 2020 um, festival season. Um, fun fact, uh, this is Anna Broom's first acting experience ever. Wow. (laughs) Um, apparently the director chose her just because... A, I think he just knew her. Um, and B, <laughs> uh, because he felt that she could really express a lot of things with her eyes. Well, if you're listening to this, you did an amazing job and you deserve all the accolades you got. Uh, mm-hmm. You were great. Uh, but I don't think the film as a whole uh, really matched up to like the emotions and how well she did portraying her character. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just me, though. What do you think, Ro? 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm tempted to agree. I think there were some there were some really strong performances in this movie. Um, the maid was not one of them. I think. <laughs> Fun fact: um, that was also her very first time acting ever, and it was in fact the director's friend's real life maid that he hired to play that role. <laughs> I could I could tell that she was not an actor. Um, <laughs> well, everyone's got to act. Um, her delivery her delivery needed some oomph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I would tend to agree. I think that there are some really nice moments in this movie. I think, for example, the cinematographer had a point <laughs> that he or she was trying to really get across. Um, and I think that the the sound design was really interesting, especially, like, the music that they chose mm-hmm. in certain spots. I think there was... Um, there was a moment near the end of the film where Cello was driving... Um, this is probably about 10 minutes or so before Chiquita came home. Um, Chela was driving down the road to Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture, which famously has a cannon in the last bit. They didn't use that section of the song, but, um, I think that that tension was there in that scene with that music choice. And there's a lot of, I would say, really good music in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would agree that there was something about the script or there was something about the people that they hired to play these parts where there, like some of the moments in this movie just kind of fell flat. Mm -hmm. And I think like, Maybe it comes to, like, the directing style or just the actors not being confident enough to make more interesting choices. But, um, I think this this movie has a lot going for it, but nothing happens in it. So it's, it's hard to say. House? You know what I mean? I also think, like, the biggest negative for me is just the color grading of this film. Because it's just, it's so, it's so like, it's like slightly, it's like, uh, I guess like 60% desaturated. And it just, because of the pacing of the film, it just kind of doesn't lend it any, um, any favors. Like if, if you had like, uh, um, maybe like done the desaturation but then like isolated uh like different colors uh for for characters like greens or reds and stuff and really made them pop i think that would have done a lot to help sort of uh keep the eye interested in what was on screen i think the cinematography is great i i agree with ro um mm-hmm. but i just think like having the majority of the film like in that style of like so saturated it's almost black and white almost like just very drab in general i i think right. that 
was something that just really made it seem like it was longer than it was. I yeah. I think they could I think oh sorry. This movie kind of this movie kind of visually really leaned into the depression aspect. Mm-hmm. So everything was like either like really naturally lit or like really really dark. And there's kind of there's nothing visually that really pops out except for like color wise like all the like the visually appealing stuff comes in like how the shots are framed yeah. mm-hmm. and like the ang- like the angles or like the cracks in the doors through which like we see like the more intimate scenes mm-hmm. like 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 we really get the sense that Chela is like hiding herself away in her house and watching like these strangers come in and like comb through all of her possessions. Like that scene at the beginning was really evocative. Like I I think I even wrote in my notes like I feel like I shouldn't be watching this mm-hmm. because like of the way that it was shot. And I think there was some there were some really interesting things going on visually that I think could have been leaned into a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I guess moving on to, do you recommend this movie? Um, NATO, uh, does this movie make you want to drive into the sunset on life's next great adventure, or does it make you want to drive right off a cliff? You know what? It, I'm all for people experiencing queer films from other cultures, Mm-hmm. Uh, since this is probably one of the few that we're going to get from Paraguay, at least for like right now, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a, a suggestion. If you want to go see it, go see it. All right. Ro, does this movie make you want to sing karaoke in a dingy little lesbian dive bar? Or does it make you want to go into a debtor's prison and never see the light of day again? <laughs> Um, just to clarify, absolutely yes, I would sing karaoke in a lesbian dive bar. <laughs> if you could point me to a lesbian dive bar that has karaoke, I will send myself there immediately. Um, I want to meet and befriend all the lesbians. Um, but on a, on a more serious note, I think that this movie has a lot of stuff going for it. And... I think you shouldn't let the the more nitpicky things that we might have ragged on in this episode like detract you from wanting to see this movie because it 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 does have some interesting things to say um even if nothing happens in it. <laughs> so yeah, Go see this movie. <laughs> I don't care. Nothing happens in this movie, so you're saying it's a documentary on my love life? Hey. <laughs> Yours and mine both, Nato. Yours and mine both. <laughs> anyway, 
That's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayEcapod, that's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. Bye! Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> <laughs>